Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And we are... Yeah, yeah, we missed a week. I know. (laughs) Crazy summer. I know. There's just so many scheduling things. We have to, we like have to really plan in advance, it turns out. So weird. I know. Which is totally weird. Look at calendars and coordinate. Ugh. I know. Veronica and I used to talk like multiple (laughs) times a week, like for hours. And now it's like, dude, I haven't talked to you in like a week and a half and I don't even know what's going on. And quick, give me the nutshell. Yeah, exactly. I know. Don't worry. It won't last. This, this won't be forever. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm holding you to it. You all heard that, right? This is public. Veronica said that publicly. We'll get back into the sink of things. We will. It's true. We always do. It's just sometimes it's a little, a little bit bumpy along the way. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But shift that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you've been doing some really cool stuff, it sounds like, out there working with the earth. Working with the earth, man. Conservation. Right. Native plant restoration. I'm really excited. Yeah. Does that bring you back at all? Like as you're out there working, are you thinking about like your personal connection to your spirituality around your the earth? Or are you just like I like digging in the dirt and it's really freaking hot out here. What's happening for you? Just curious. Um, a lot of it is meditative. Like this, it's like a time to actually stop thinking because my uh-huh. brain is always going uh-huh. and like being pr- present in, you know, the place where I am. It feels really good because yeah. my mind, because I'm still in school. Some of you may or may not know that I'm still in school. My mind is constantly going already so I'm also in the learning process thing so it's nice to just oh work on the earth and just like silence the mind for a moment (laughs) do you get that same kind of silence when you work in your personal garden yeah I think so I mean I think about because I'm in my surroundings. So there's other things going on. Like all my kid will be there or my dog will be there. So usually there's other stimulus going on. Yes. Um, that I'm a, that I like need to attend to, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm the, I'm the, you know, project manager of my own backyard. <laughs> now we got to do this. Now we got, I definitely tend to work my backyard instead of just like sit in my backyard. I was talking to my husband about that, of like, just like chilling out in the backyard as opposed to like working the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. I'm excited about this episode though, Emily. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to detract from where we're going. Let's talk about where we're going. Let's talk about the runes, the origins of the runes. Um, So some of you might know that I taught a class on runes a couple years ago, but one of Emily's conferences could have been Season of the Witch, could have been called. No, I think it was the, it was the very first conference I ever hosted at the very start of the pandemic. 
And it was the mystical <laughs> gathering one. Wow. And I was like, Hey, we should do an online conference. I saw somebody else do it. It looked kind of simple. No, no, that was, that's one of was, my big ideas. It was not simple, but yes. <laughs> no. And I've since, I've since honed it. It's much simpler now because I figured out how to make it work for me. But uh, at the time I was like, I'm just going to invite all my friends who are super cool and witchy to come and do some super cool witchy classes. And Veronica taught a class about the runes. Yes. It was so- cool. Uh, and witchy it's, it's very cool and witchy <laughs> so some people are like oh i'm really into the runes some people are like mm, i don't know about them because they can feel a little foreign because it is a foreign language like that's mm-hmm. what it, it feels like a foreign language whereas the tarot which i'm Y'all, you're listening to this and you're getting like life, live is life. So, um, and Emily sucks at, uh, at editing. So we <laughs> glitch in our communication, but basically Veronica was just saying that some people are really into the tarot, but they feel a little weird about the runes because they don't understand them maybe the same way. So you were starting to think to say that you have been really into tarot lately. Yes, I have looked at it you know tarot about you know just maybe the last five years like really dove into it and Mm -hmm. just I don't I won't say I pushed out the runes because they were actually they spoke to me before yes I remember this yeah they've really came into my life I feel like I don't know maybe 10 12 years ago something like that could be longer I think it's longer than that. Sorry, my timing is really off. (laughs) It's been a while um, since they popped into my realm. And when I really started diving into the runes, I I found the language spoke to me. And that's, I feel like when you dive into it, um, if you're attracted to it and you're in, you know, you're like, oh, what is that? Or you're intrigued. Um, and you really dive into it, it open, it, it can open up and speak to you. Um, mm-hmm. Not everybody feels that way. Like I remember in our group, when we had our group, there's like two out of the seven or eight of us that were like, oh, I'm super into the rooms. Um, and then other people were like, I don't know anything about them. And usually it's more like it's foreign you know, it's kind mm. of like a because you look at it and it's not like looking at a tarot card. It's it's a symbol. So maybe we'll dive into what the runes are. Yeah. What are, what are the runes? What and I also just want to piggyback on that saying that uh, before before you say what the runes are, I am one of those people who has not been drawn to the runes. I have not had the same connection to them that I have had to tarot cards or oracle cards for that matter. Um, but they have infiltrated my psyche through your class. And then I think we did a couple things in circle around them. And then this last um, fall, I had uh, Jen and Tamlin from uh, Valkyrie Tattoo, who is amazing and also just a priestess in her own right. She taught runes for a conference and then went on to teach like this four-part series for people who had attended that first class. And I was, I really got to see a different, like all the layers of the runes in a way that I had never seen it before. 
it still does not uh, land for me quite the same way, but I'm definitely more deeply intrigued than I had been um, in the past. They are really multifaceted. And now I'll stop talking and let you share what the runes are. Awesome. (laughs) They are multifaceted. Um, I think that's part um, of the intrigue for me Mm -hmm. as well. Um, So I'm going to start with some resources. The book Futhark is pretty much the handbook that I have used from the very beginning. Um, The author's name is Edred Thorson, and it's Futhark a handbook of rune magic. So and I'll, I'll put of, that in the show notes too, for folks who might want to click it and go check it out. It is an awesome resource. It literally was like, I didn't know anything. I was intrigued and I just got this book. It is very intellectual and heady. Some people do not um, really resonate with his writing. Um, but I just, there's a lot of psychologicals, you know, a lot of, a lot of heady material in there. But he's very speaks to the magical uses of the runes um, and not just an alphabet. So the runes are a Germanic alphabet. Um, They're also taken as symbols individually and concepts individually and then also grouped together. Um, So he says, this is interesting because in the Futhark book, he says that the runes system was fully developed by 200 BC, um, where all the other material that I looked at on the internet, there's several other um, internet um, websites that I went to, the World History Encyclopedia, the Historical Museum of the University of Oslo, all these other places were saying that the runes um, came into being um, and I say came into being because I'm going to link that to something I talk about later, is that the between the first and second century CE, common era, so AD, mm-hmm. so quite a bit later than what he's saying. So it's kind of a back and forth as to like how that kind of progressed, but they did stop being completely used um, in the 1600s. It just kind of, it like, kind of fizzled out over the time um but the runes are used so they're used as an alphabet so writing someone's name um or they can be used as symbols so there's different as emily was saying it's multifaceted is um you might use one of the letters and it might mean the actual letter and or what that symbol means. So it's kind of different layers. And actually in the Futhark book, he talks about it being like a threefold. Um, each one of them is kind of like threefold. You have the form, you have the idea, and you also have a number. So there's there's numbers involved here too. Well, and the other thing that we were learning in the that four part series was about how there are also um, deities connected to each yes. one, exactly. and animals, and yep. you know, like they all have it's it's like a whole like little world within that symbol and plants too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So 
I also, oh, so the, a lot of times the runes were written on um, staves. Um, so this is uh, pretty, I think it's mostly vertical. They were written vertically um, and they would written were written on metal, stone, or wood. The oldest artifact um, that was found was um, their thinking was a headstone because it was on top of a grave site. And this was found... Let's see. Oh, yeah. It's they think between one and 250 AD. Okay. And they're thinking it was the person's name that was written on on it. Um, and it was found in Norway. So most of most of this language, um, well, they say it's a language, this alphabet, this use of letters um, was in Scandinavia. And also in England as well, hmm. so, which was surprising to me because I had not seen England before. I thought it was pretty much isolated to this to Scandinavia, but there are a lot of references to England. So but I mean, I primarily know because people like the Vikings came over. Yes, yeah, yeah. the migration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, what else would I like to say? Oh, so. There are 24 letters. There's uh -huh. 24 letters in the runic alphabet. And um, within those 24 letters, there are three rows or ets, etiers, um, they call them. So that there's eight letters broken into three rows. And each of those rows um, symbolizes like a journey. So this is kind of really a cool concept because in the Tarot, we talk about the fool's journey. Well, in um, runes, there's also a journey involved as well. And some people look at it that way and some people do not. These are all interpretations, I want to say. Uh -huh. um, some people are like, what? That's not, you know. There's purists out there that are like, this is how it's read. This is how you read it. Um, just like in anything, really. Um, but I'm, I've been more into the concept of the journey. And when you pull a rune, like what that rune is, not just in itself, but also in the whole scope of the 24 letters, like, where is it? Or even in the rows, because Emily, you were saying the rows, definitely each one has its own deity. And within that grouping, um, that there's you know, like certain symbols. So we, the first grouping, I'll just give an example. The first grouping um, is Freya's. Um, mm -hmm. at, I, I smile because that's my daughter's name, Freya. Um, and it's all about earthly things. So the first eight are about earthly things. Freya, fertility. It's all of this, um, just like super earthy things you start earthly things it's a journey starting there and then it moves from earthly things to tangible things and that's Heimdale's and then we, we move to tier um which is more uh divine forces that come into play that's the last et so this is just one kind of way of looking at them um but if you were to like throw a casting of a rune so that that's another thing is you can do like with tarot you can just grab one or mm -hmm. you can do a casting and there's different ways of castings and there's different I'm sure there's different 
all these different um, readings you can do. I've done what I call a master reading. And I think it's in the Futhark book, actually. Um, it's a pretty, it could, it's pretty intense in the casting because you throw out all the runes and then whatever is face up is what you use. And it can be anywhere between like, you know, a couple to a lot more than that. There's 24. <laughs> so it can be a little overwhelming, you know, so there's different, different readings you can do, but the mas master rune is something I like to use with like a big topic. It's like uh -huh. something I'm really wanting a lot of information of. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, and I probably wouldn't recommend it as a beginner just because it is a lot of information and the first concept of like, what does the image look like? Um, the master rune over the master rune is like, what is the shape that this is taking? Uh -huh. um, kind of takes um, some time to get to know the runes. So really just spending a lot of time with each one of them and getting to know them um, is the first step. Um, I did a lot of like, you know, holding one and sleeping, like putting it under my pillow and putting it on my altar, picking one every day and like just really getting to know what that means for me. Um, I've had a lot of the dreaming thing actually has really worked with the um with the runes um for me also so communing with the runes there's all kinds of things you can do to get to know the runes you can you know get to know the norse gods and goddesses really right yes um because you know i said the when the runes came to being so you know the scholars say this is it came in to being around what did I say? First or second, you know, century CE. Well, some people would say actually the the runes were acquired by Odin. So yes, Odin, this is the, the origin story. Exactly. So mm. the origin story is different maybe than the scholar's story of like, this is what we found and this is the oldest artifact. And, you know, um, that all is valid. I mean, that's real things, but also... Right. Um, the origin story is that Odin um, pierced his skin with a spear and he hung himself on Yggdrasil, which is the tree of life, for nine days and nights and was shown the wisdom of the runes and the, uh, before the well of weird, which is right at the base of um, the root of Yggdrasil, where the Norns live. Um, and this, this actually, this, this um, origin story came from the poetic Edda, which is a, a Norse poem written in the 13th century. So the, and then this part of it is called the Havamal. So the Havamal is a part of the poetic Edda that was written in the 13th century that talks about the origins of how the runes were born. Um, and so they came through Odin and then from Odin man has received the well the wisdom say the wisdom of the runes so you have this you know magical feeling of it of mm -hmm. you know ancient knowledge and i'm going to share something with all of you um before i pick a rune 
um, you know, when you get into a meditative state, you know, you find things that work for you, you know, of how you want to pull a card maybe, or so when I pull a rune, I've done a lot of meditations and trances to the tree of life. So mm -hmm. I will take myself there, even just like a second, like closing my eyes. I'm at the tree of life. I'm at the well of weird. I'm grabbing a rune out of the well. Mm -hmm. And just that visualization, like takes me there, like gets me, gets me to that place where I want to be. So when I'm pulling up, up the rune out of my bag or my box or wherever I had my runes, I'm feeling this is coming from a place of sacredness. Like this is what I need to see right now. Mm -hmm. um, so it really does help to know a little bit of the history and um, yeah, origins of where this is coming from because it is a different, and I say language, people wouldn't call it a language, but this it's a different form. It's just, a, it, I'm calling it a language. You don't have to call it a language, but it is a different language. It's a different way of using letters, um, but also in a concept way. So do you, based on your research, would it be mm -hmm. fair to say that the runes, although they are letters, the runes have also always been used as a form of divination or information gathering? Or did that, that come in later? That is not clear to me. Okay. Um, I've seen it being used as both. And which one came first, which one came second. I, you know, there are people at that time that were, you know, magical people, people that were the, that held the wisdom of the tribe or the wisdom of the group. And they probably would be using them in that way for sure. And not that common people wouldn't as well, but it appears that it was used in both ways. Okay. So let's just, the first rune, okay? So, oh, first I haven't said was Futhark um, is the name of the book that I said. It's also what they call the system. It's the Futhark. So there is the elder Futhark and there is the younger Futhark. And actually when I was looking, doing my research, there's other Futharks that came even after that. And I was like, oh. Um, some people use the younger Futhark and there's extra letters in there. Um, I use the elder Futhark and that is supposed to be the oldest form of the alphabet. Um, and Futhark stands for the first letters in the alphabet. So Feu, Uruz, Thuraz, Anzus, Radio, and Kenaz. Uh -huh. so, so that's the first letter of each one of those. It spells out Futhark. So that's the first. So, so for those of you who might not have worked with runes, tell me if I'm getting this right, Veronica, but if you were to lay out all of the runes, you would lay them kind of in a line, like there'd be these lines, right? And so mm -hmm. the Futhark, the F-U-T-H, all of that mm -hmm. uh, would be the start of each line. So exactly. each grouping. Um, is that accurate? It's the first in, the, so if you have 24 letters laid out, mm -hmm. 
all 24 letters. It is the first letters of the alphabet. Oh, I see in a row. So yeah. it's the very, got it. Okay. Yeah. I was picturing so that's a all different layout. Row. Yeah. Right. That's got if it. you, if, if you pick the three Ets, which is what I was talking about was the three rows of eight. Yes. Booth art's going to be all in that first row because it's got the it. beginning of the alphabet. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's, it's quite an extensive system. So I, I want to just take one of these because, um, you know, just let's just dive into one of them. And, um, oh, this is interesting. I just picked a rune. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, this makes sense with what Emily and I were talking about before we got on. So I picked Manaz. So first, I also want to have a little disclaimer that um, my language and how I read these, this isn't a, a language to me. It's a different language. And I read them. I've gotten my input from a lot of different people. Um, YouTube videos, uh, people I've talked to, classes I've taken, people will put different pronunciations. Um, yes, it came from Scandinavian. It's a Germanic um, alphabet. Um, so certain people will put accents on different things. So I apologize if I'm pronouncing it in the way that just doesn't, it's like, no, you're butchering that. That's not how it's pronounced. Um, <laughs> this is how I pronounce it and how I, um, so I picked manas, um, which sometimes translates to human humanity. Um, and this is the 20th of them. So it's in the last row and this is in tears at, so I'm just kind of combining everything we've talked about so far. Mm -hmm. um so emily and i were talking about kind of all the things it is to be human before we got on like what our is that, human is that what we were talking we were talking about our own human experiences we were also talking about i'm taking an, an ethics uh oh, right. humanity course of um race gender and ethic in american culture and how impactful that's been to me um and you were talking about your own experience. So when I picked this rune just now, it made sense to me that here I was sitting in this place of being human. Um, what, it, uh, what my experience is right now as being human, what it is to be the humanity that I'm living in or that we have lived in um, as Americans. So it also is the letter of M. So M. I could use this as I can look at into it as an actual symbol, or I can look at it. Oh, the beginning of someone's name, M, you know, Mary. <laughs> so you can use it into in these in these ways. In other words, I just kind of wanted to break it down in that way. That like you can use it in that way, and you can also look at it the number twenty as this being in tears at. It's more of um, a deeper divine worldly force. Because um, uh -huh. Tyr is like the God of justice. He's, he's like the, the, the line. He's like the line of justice. So getting to know also the gods and the goddesses, we said is a really good way of getting to know the runes. Mm -hmm. so this, what's interesting to me when I look into this though, is like, I think, oh, wow, this isn't that old. But it's older than Tarot. 
Well, uh, way older. Yeah, it's quite. Yeah, it's not that old. It's and, and you know this sounds like it was a system used for maybe communication for sharing information. Um, you know, in a multitude of ways, whether it was divinatory or just concrete, like here's a letter and that's what this means. Whereas tarot was a game that was then transformed into something else over time. So it's, it's just interesting. This is the thing that's so cool about origins is that we get to look at, whoa, this actually began as something totally different, or this began being used for this or, you know, um, and, and where they came from placement wise in the world and where they ended up. Yep. You know? Yeah. It didn't seem like they, they didn't move too far. Yeah. They were pretty isolated in the Scandinavian regions. And then, you know, I was reading about England, but it didn't go that far. Like it didn't move down to Greece. I mean, maybe, I mean, I that's not what I've read. I should just say like, even though they're saying that there was the influences actually of Greece was in there. So like it's a, uh-huh. like I read, I think somewhere in there that, um, that it was definitely, they were looking at the language as being mixed with a whole bunch of different influences as the way migration was happening. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. And, and I will say that just, you know, I've, I took Veronica's class and then I took this four part series on the runes and I still, there's still just so much more to learn. And so I think these things that these, these systems that involve symbols and are so multi-layered are not like a one and done, you know, I, I exactly. like you're, you're quoting this book, but I can tell you, there's a lot of other books out there about runes that might have totally different information or information that you know builds on or weaves into the information in that book so if this is that something that speaks to you or that calls to you that you haven't worked with before um i really would encourage you to learn as much as you can about it uh and about the multifaceted nature of it versus just like this means this because it doesn't just mean yeah i actually i i started with a book i forget i think i got rid of it um, it was kind of like this equals that. You put uh-huh. it equals man. And um, and yes, they like yes, I could see that and I could and then the description, but I really like the Futhark book because he went into like the origins at first, but then also mm-hmm. into the culture and went into the gods and goddesses, and then also like how deep each one is you know and each symbol Mm -hmm. and how to use them in combination I mean we're not going to go into this here but like there's binding runes there's like so many other things um are ways that the runes have been used and can be used in your magical workings talismans there's Mm -hmm. also galder which is incantation there's also movements involved um, yeah, <laughs> it's so interesting. Cause actually one of the things that came into my mind as you were talking about this is I wonder what it would look like, you know, you put together that whole yoga flow for the whole fool's journey. I wonder what it would look like to put together a yoga flow for the entire elder Futhark. Yeah, because the, actually there is the, there is posture magic. It's called, um, I, I might but- butcher this word. 
Stand Holger? Galder. Galder is the last of it. Galder is like the incantation, but it's Stan Galder, I think. S T A D H A G A L D R. Totally butchered that word. That is actually, um, it's a kind of yoga. It's movements uh -huh. with the runes. And I actually made that a practice for a while. And that's another oh, that's way of cool. getting the runes into your body. You can go on YouTube, you can find people doing these. I mean, I found so many different ways. Like I found from some girl in her exercise clothes, you know, hanging out in her living room doing this to like somebody out in the, you know, boondocks, like with the trees and like really into it, like moving their bodies in the shape of the runes. You're pretty much moving your body into the shape of the runes. So it's not like a yoga pose, but right. it's like you're getting it's the feel. It's embodiment of the yeah. rune and what that feels like you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. This is really cool, Veronica. Ah, I love it. <laughs> I know. I can see you're all lit up. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go back to the runes now. I'm ready to go back. Like, I'm like, this really got me. I'm really, yeah, grateful that, you know, I, well, I picked this, but I'm like, yeah, I'm glad we're doing this. But of course I picked this. I'm like, I love the runes. Um, no. I want to ask one more question, which was, I remember when you did your presentation at the conference, you had gotten some cards that had animals on them. Am I remembering this right? Yeah, actually, um, this woman, she was amazing. Um, she made rune cards. Um, they, had, they had animals, didn't they? Um, Why am I thinking well, that? There were, there were some animals on some of them. Oh, okay. Um, they, yeah, because there's. Urus is the ox or oryx, I should say. It's not an ox, it's an oryx. Um, just some animals are associated with certain runes, and that were definitely that was why the this, image. That uh -huh. was why the image. But this woman had made these runic cards. She also made a game out of it. There's a whole game. Um, her name is Joan Kristen Hag Hagen. And it's prairiemagic.com. She made um, rune de a rune deck and like a board that goes with it. Okay. Yeah. She sent it to me and was like, hey. And I said, oh, can I? Yeah. Can I use <laughs> can this, I, please? Can I use this? Can I use this in my presentation? And she was very excited to share it. So um, yeah, prairiemagic.com. Um, yeah. Some really cool stuff. I love the runes. I, it speaks to me kind of on a real um, deep kind of like ancestral level, I, I feel like. I think this because it's not that much imagery, it's just a symbol. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like really just basic core um, kind of archetypes feeling like touching uh -huh. on that. Interesting. So, I hope everybody is has their interest. Either you already are interested in it and you're like, sweet, something else on runes, or you're like, you know, oh, um, what is check this? this out? Oh, check this out because there is so much, you yeah. know, like it's incantation, binding runes. There's so much that um you can dive into around the runes and connecting with divination and using it as a tool. Um and it is it is an old you know system kind of so 
can kind of touch in on that ancient wisdom. Yes. Tapping <laughs> in all that came before. Thanks, Veronica. Yeah. So this just like basically rounds out our journey into divination origins, or at least the ones that we had written down. Right. Crazy. It's been a half of a year journey. Yeah, but that's not the only thing we looked at. No, I'm just, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got all prepared at the beginning of the year. We're like, here are the topics we're going to cover this year. Well, now it's June and we're like, oh, yeah. we did all our topics. What next? <laughs> exactly. So listeners, what next? What do you want to know about? What can, How can we best serve you in this platform? Um, I'm going to add a little question answer here in the Spotify platform so that you can let us know, but you can also email us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net and, uh, you know, let us know there what it is that you would love us to chat about. Uh, or if there's something we've talked about in the past that maybe you want to know more about, we are happy to do the footwork and, uh, you can listen to our antics as we <laughs> unfold the information we find. <laughs> I love the learning. Thanks, Emily. Thank yeah, you, everybody, thank for you. listening. We've been getting some really sweet emails too. I just want to say that from our listeners and introducing themselves and sharing kind of like their journeys and like, yeah. you know, things they've listened to on our podcast that's really, I don't know, resonated for them or they got something out of it. And it's just really, it's really sweet to get. So anytime you want to throw us a line. We read everything. <laughs> we do. We read everything. We respond to everything. Yeah. I think, I hope if you've written and I didn't respond, it, I, it, I swear it, something fell through the cracks because uh, <laughs> I, I try to make sure that I respond to every email that comes in because we really do appreciate hearing from you. And so much of doing this podcast, you know, it started out as just kind of like a fun thing. That we yeah. were, you know, like, let's do this. This would be cool. And then we built this community and getting to hear from people all over the place who are, you know, pulling different nuggets out, doing different practices in their own work. We love that. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. cool. So thanks for being part of our community <laughs> and, uh, and being your awesome magical selves. We appreciate you. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Is that it? That's it. That's All it. right. All right, friends. We don't know what's coming next, but we'll be back. Don't worry. We'll be back <laughs> with something else. Some other tidbit of magical juiciness for you. Um, until oh. then, you know, keep it magical. Hey there, friends. Emily here from Wise Woman Witchery. If you like what you hear on The Witch Next Door, I invite you to support us. You can do that by rating, reviewing, liking, following, uh, what else? <laughs> Whatever else it is that you do on the platform you like to listen to podcasts on. By doing these things, it actually helps other people find us. And in that way, helps us spread the magic. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And thanks for being a listener. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram 
to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.